0: To express oneself honestly, not lying to oneself, and to express myself honestly. Now, that, my friend, is very hard to do, and you have to train. You have to keep your reflexes so that when you want it, it's there. The expression of the human body. I mean, the f- everything. I mean, you know, not just the hand. And when you're talking about combat, well, I mean, if, if, it, if it is a sport, now, now you're talking about something else. You have regulations, you have rules. But when you're talking about fighting as it is, with no rules, well then, baby, you better train every part of your body.
1: I'm not surprised, mother...
2: I'm not impressed by your performance. George! I like Victor and McCartney pulling me about folks. That's how I like to roll. You feel me? Nobody gonna take these presents. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much for this opportunity. I'm proud of the of you. for you?
1: Don't bring the dog out of me! I'm the man of the hour, Joe. Too sweet to be sour. What you see is what you get, and what you don't is better yet. I fight for the
2: pounds! I wanted to keep fighting as long as it took, and I wanted to win this title. Thank you, everybody, for coming out. I did it! I don't have much left to say other than you have seen nothing yet.
0: <laughs> Running water never grows stale, so you got to just keep on flowing.
3: Aloha, Penn Nation. Welcome back. You are now tuned in to yet another edition of BJPen.com Radio. As always, guys, I'm your host, Jake Kinch. We've got a lot of news to get into, and a couple of great guests for you fine folks this evening. BJPenn.com Radio, we're live each and every Wednesday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. Continue to bring you guys the best possible show, and as I said, this week is no different. We are the fighter's voice, the voice of you guys, the fans. We're all about giving these athletes a platform to speak their hearts and minds without bias. And we greatly appreciate all the support, Penn Nation. Hashtag the fighter's voice. And hashtag the voice of the fans, you guys. As I said, another great lineup. Two awesome guests. But before we talk about who we'll be speaking with this evening, a couple of great conversations, might I add. But like I tell you guys, every week, 60 weeks in total, can you believe that, how far we've come? But like I tell you every week, your home for MMA news, you guys already know it, it's BJPenn.com. Stay up to date, bookmark us, BJPenn.com forward slash MMA news, all the latest and greatest from the sport that we all love of mixed martial arts, whether it be the hot topics, the breaking news, the viral videos, and a boatload boatload of exclusive content seems to be daily a ton of it weekly that's for damn sure we've got the technique videos the the new video player that's on the site bottom right hand corner great stuff great content we are continuing to bring you guys each and every day week after week bjpenn.com we are the largest independently owned and operated MMA news site out there today All of you, Penn Nation, you guys make that possible. We appreciate all the love and support. So go there now. Bookmark us. BJPenn.com forward slash MMA News. With everything that's been going on in the past few days, if you wanted to stay up to date on all the breaking, boy, have we been breaking it. So you already know where to go. Tonight's guest list. The return of the infamous Chael Sonnen, that's how we'll be closing out the show. But kicking things off, I've never had the opportunity to speak with this guy. This is a first time for me. Very cool cat. They call him Hot Chocolate. What a sweet nickname. (laughs) Danny Roberts. Some of you might not be as familiar with him as others, but he'll be fighting at UFC on Fox 26 in Winnipeg. That's going down December 16th. <clears throat> He'll be taking on a uh, former Tough alumni from Tough Nations, a gentleman by the name of Sheldon Westcott. But we're going to catch up with, uh, with uh, Danny, break down the fight, get his opinion on the matchup, talk about what's next for him, some personal issues he's had to get by to uh, really focus on his career. What he thinks of the landscape of the welterweight division, where he fits into the mix. Obviously, looking to uh, climb the ranks and and become become ranked before. You know, I'd say within the next few fights at least. Really cool guy. Had an awesome conversation with him. Talk about some MMA's hot topics. Of course, a lot about the division. A lot of the matchups going on there. UFC on Fox 26 also features the main event of Robbie Lawler versus Rafael Dos Anjos. Also on that card, our good friend Platinum Mike Perry taking on Santiago Ponzanibio. We'll get Danny's take on both those fights. And as we've seen over the past few years, the UFC purposefully, purposely, whatever, Puts a lot of guys in the same weight class on the same card for sake of injuries. Guys come in and replace other guys from their weight division. Very smart move by the UFC. We've seen this time and time again. This seems to be a recurring theme for them. As I said, wisely done. But we're going to talk to uh, Danny about that as well. The possibility of one of these fights falling out. Him coming in to save the day. Maybe getting a bigger opportunity. Uh, if that was to happen. So all in all, good convo with him. Again, my first time speaking with him. Really cool guy. Can't say enough about him. And uh, great conversation. So he'll be kicking things off here in just a little bit. 8.15 or so. Our first guest of the night, episode 60. com radio, The Fighter's Voice. Closing out tonight's show. Right around 8.40. Give or take a little bit. Returning to BJPenn.com Radio. Always entertaining, outspoken, awesome dude. It's been an honor to speak with him a couple of times now. Really, really great conversations. One of the best mouthpieces of the sport. Great competitor. Marketing whiz, promotional whiz. And a guy who's got a great mind for the sport as well. Great analyst. The man himself, the American gangster, Chael P. Sonnen. We discuss a ton of stuff, uh, Chael and I, on this one, as we did last time. We're going to get his take on the Kelvin Gasflin-Michael Bisping fight, what's next for Bisping. We're going to talk about Colby Covington, the Fabricio Verduum situation. Although I spoke to Chael before he formally called out Fabricio for a fight in uh, ADCC, or a jiu-jitsu match, rather. Wish we had got a chance to speak about that. But nonetheless, talk about Verdum, Colby, Kelvin, Bisping, and of course, the Bellator Heavyweight Grand Prix that Shale is a part of, taking on Rampage Jackson in the opening round. I believe that's in January, if I'm not mistaken. Another must-listen interview, awesome convo with the American gangster, Westland's finest. So there you have it. Those are our guests for the evening. Another solid show, BJPenn.com Radio, episode 60, the big six zero. We are the fighter's voice, guys. So, tons of news. Where to start is the question. I guess let's start with breaking news. Volkan Ozdemir versus DC. That is set for UFC 220 in Boston. This is per DC himself on UFC Tonight. I'm very excited about this one. This will be going down in Boston. I will definitely be in attendance. More than likely as a patron and not as media, but maybe someday with the help of you guys, BJPenn.com will get credentialed for a, for a UFC event. Any one of us, you know, not just myself, of course. But Dana had said yesterday that, you know, despite the run with the law, the situation with uh, Volkan that, that you've heard me discuss, uh, I believe, last week, he said that Volkan would be fighting DC, regardless of that, that legal issue he had going on. And that seems to have come true. So very cool stuff for a good friend of the show, Volkan. Big fight for him. Tough fight for D.C. Excuse me. Tough fight for D.C. And uh, definitely going to be the first, likely the first uh, experience that Volkan will have in the Octagon where maybe things don't finish as quickly as we've gotten used to with him. Uh, Great wrestling of D.C. Definitely going to be a huge factor in this one. However... He's taking no time at all to get where he's at. Maybe he'll take no time at all capturing that title as well. So that'll be going down in Boston, UFC 220 in January. Very cool stuff. That was just announced just uh, maybe an hour or so ago, actually. Dana White. And before I get into all this Dana stuff, it was nice to see him finally do a media scrum. It's been a while. I used to love those at the end of every event. I mean, whether he was... You know, misguiding or doing whatever he had to do as a promoter, BSing people, you know, maybe hyping up fights, calling out a guy who's not taking a fight, whatever the case is. I miss those damn things. So it was nice to see him back doing a media scrum. Um, But he had also reacted to the Conor situation. Said he wouldn't be surprised if Conor never fights again. You know, said the guy made $100 million. Why would you want to get punched in the face after making that kind of money? Said he doesn't believe the tabloid stuff that is circulating around, but circulating around. But if he, he said if it is true, he feels that it can probably be worked out. Apparently, Dana has had his own uh, run-ins with organized crime in his previous life. And for all of, all of you guys who aren't aware, if you're living under a rock, this Connor situation rumors were swirling. That he had gotten into a scuffle in a bar in Dublin. Then it came out that he had punched an associate of a notorious gangster in Ireland. And whether there's any truth to this or not, Connor has put out some, uh, I guess, cryptic would be the word. Post on, intergr- posts on inter- Instagram, Instagram. Jeez. Called himself the celebrity. Many of the uh, reputable, I, I guess, I'll, is the term I'll use. Uh, some of these, some of these news organizations, news sites, have put out that a well-known celebrity had been involved in this, and Connor says he is the celebrity. Um, right now, we're going on, you know, people's Facebook posts and and stuff like that of, of people that were allegedly there. Uh, if you look into this gangster himself. Definitely has quite the reputation. And apparently, Connor punched this guy's dad in the face, or this is one of the theories we're reading. However, none of this is really being corroborated by law enforcement or, you know, we haven't got the full story yet. A lot of speculation at this point. Connor seems to be having some fun with it. And as it all unfolds, As we always do, BJPenn.com forward slash MMA news. Go there. We've got you covered as it all develops. Uh, Everything breaking involving this story could be a big deal. Could be a bunch of BS. Nonetheless, we'll get to the bottom of it. We'll keep you guys informed. Dana also said he thinks Ronda Rousey should retire. She hasn't officially retired, but says he, he thinks that she should. And he'll be pretty pissed off if uh, GSP does not defend that belt against Whitaker. I believe his exact quote was super pissed, if I'm not mistaken. Also went on to say, this is Dana White, Nate Diaz was never offered the fight with Woodley. And that Nate has declined pretty much every possible fight on the roster that they have offered him. Sounds to me like another tactic of trying to call Nate out. Nate has wisely stood firm. Wants big money. Let's see how this all plays out. But Tyron came back at Dana White, defending himself, obviously, and you can expect to hear a lot of updates from Tyron on BJPenn.com uh, in the next several hours, and, or you know, and day or so, uh, via our own Chris Taylor. Uh, he had spoke with him today. Uh, that is the champ Woodley. So a lot going on there. A lot of news is going to be breaking on that. Keep your eyes peeled. Stay tuned to BJPenn.com. Kelvin Gastelum, of course, with the big finish over Michael Bisping in Shanghai. Uh, You're you're going to hear Chael Sonnen uh, speak a bit about that shortly uh, and also the future of Michael Bisping, as I noted earlier on in the show here. Uh, Bisping, he's eyeing his retirement fight. It's looking like it's going to be London. March of next year, perfect way, obviously, for the count to go out. Uh, We'll talk a bit about opponents with Chael, what he thinks uh, should be an opponent, and he makes a great point. I won't spill all the beans here, but while it shouldn't be an easy fight, Bisping should probably be able to be allowed rather to, to to handpick this opponent. It's done a lot for the company. Made them a ton of money. Helped develop this sport in England and the UK. So you got to give it up for Michael Bisping. A lot of people giving him props. You know, for taking the fight on short notice, the quick turnaround. Uh, And then there's been a lot of criticism towards the commissions for allowing him to fight, being knocked out in that fashion. But now he does have a very long medical suspension and it seems to all line up perfectly for London in March of 2018. So that'll that'll be the retirement fight of the count. And much like GSP, and like we all say about Anderson, you know, love him or hate him, when he's gone, we're all gonna miss him. So hats off to hats off to Bisping. Speaking of retirements, Shane Carwin. This guy put his name in the hat for the Bellator tour tourney. Wanted to be an alternate. Then, earlier today, blasts Matt Mitrione over the stuff that he had said about PEDs, saying that guys that use them and are caught should be charged with attempted murder. So, Carwin went after him about that, saying, hey man, you're fighting pretty much everybody that's in that tourney has had a therapeutic use exemption or had some kind of history with steroids, whatever the case is. So, Carwin calls out Mitrione for that. Looks like he's maybe playing the cards here, trying to generate a little interest, you know, talk a little smack, see what happens. Then, just a couple hours ago, Carwin announces that due to the inability to find an interesting fight, he's going back into retirement. Craziness. What a shame. We all got excited to potentially see that big, giant, knockout artist of a man get back into the cage You know, whether it was leaning towards Bellator, but whether it be UFC Bellator. Can't find the fight that interests him. Probably the payday as well. And now he's going to go back into retirement. So that was a shame. Missed opportunity by Bellator, in my opinion. Uh, Carwin is definitely a great addition to any roster. And really would have shook things up in that division. The heavyweight division, for sure. Mayhem Miller. Pleads guilty. Guilty. Domestic violence charges uh, now has some even more time hanging over his head, it would seem. And in my opinion, he's probably all out of freebies. You know, next time he gets into trouble, likely going to throw the book, the book at him, depending on, you know, how well he can lawyer up the Mayhem Miller saga. It continues. It's been a strange ordeal. We've had him on the show. He was one of the more odd conversations I've had with someone, but I thought it was pretty cool. Uh so you know, as a fan, wish him the best. Hopefully uh no more trouble in the future of Mayhem Miller. UFC two eighteen this weekend, awesome card. Uh we'll be recapping it next week, of course. All the results, live play by plays, that'll be at BJPen.com forward slash MMA News this Saturday. Stay tuned for all that, all the weigh in info. We've been posting the uh embedded series as well. Very cool stuff. Of course, it's Max Holloway, Max Holloway in the rematch with Jose Aldo in the main event and in the, in the co-main event. Big one for the heavyweights. Surgeon contender and very scary dude, Francis Ngannou, taking on longtime veteran, K-1 champ, and former title contender, Alistair Overeem. Awesome card. That's not even the undercard that I haven't even touched there. Great stuff. I'm sure all you guys will be tuning in. And, of course, we'll have all of it for you as well at BJPenn.com forward slash MMA news. Make sure you bookmark us. If it's breaking, if it's newsworthy, you guys already know where to go. Set up alerts. Once something posts, you'll know about it. Be the first to know. Everything you guys crave from the sport that we love, a mixed martial arts, BJPenn.com. We've got you covered, guys. That's enough of me rambling for one night. We're going to jump right into it now. Coming up first, (laughs) hot chocolate. Danny Roberts, again, really cool convo with him. First time speaking with him. Great dude. Definitely has a bright future in the sport. Only one setback against Mike Perry. However, he's looked great in all of his other outings in the UFC. And as you'll hear him talk about, styles make fights. So, We'll get into all that, his fight coming up, UFC on Fox 26 in Winnipeg, his future in the division, what matchups make sense going forward, and a whole lot more. This is BJPenn.com Radio, the fighter's voice. I'm your host, Jake Kinch. Coming up next, hot chocolate himself, Danny Roberts. All right, Penn Nation, please welcome to the show the man they call hot chocolate, Danny Roberts. Thanks, as always, for taking the time to join us, Danny. Where are you calling us from tonight? Are you home in England, or are you stateside? Uh,
4: I'm stateside right now. Um, I'm at Florida. Um, finished morning training, at home resting right now. Um, and then I'll have a, another little session planned later
3: on. Cool, very good. So, we're just two weeks removed from UFC on Fox 26. Uh, how has your training camp been so far, and how are you feeling going into this fight?
4: It's been perfect. Um, we've, we're have we lucky enough to have, um, you know, some... some very uh, highly equipped doctors and that around us, so we um, I'm able to get some some good numbers and stuff like that um, analytically as far as knowing exactly where my body's at performance wise. Um, the camp's been perfect, been injury free, um, developing as always. So yeah, I'm just excited to get back in there and know that I'm one step closer to where I want to be.
3: Very good, very good. So we last saw you compete in July with a TKO victory over Bobby Nash. Six months later, you're getting back into the octagon. I'm wondering, was the time in between fights by choice, or was there an injury? Was there lack of opponents, or you know, what what was the layover? Oh, um, well, that,
4: that's thing I, well, I wouldn't necessarily say that it was. It was it's, it's more or less just been timing if anything. Um, I, I, personally, I would have liked to have fought sooner. Um, but again, it's just getting the, the sort of the right opportunity to get on the cards wherever it's going to be, fight someone whoever the UFC is going to give you, and you know, when the opportunity arises, you can take it. Um, but, yeah, it's just been a lack of that opportunity, I, I would say. But I want to kind of just break the gap and I'm and, and really just kind of buying up of performance off performance and go for my type.
3: Okay. <clears throat> so you'll be taking on Sheldon Westcott here in Winnipeg. Uh, Sheldon was a, a competitor on Tough Nations. We haven't seen him in an action since uh, 2016. What can you tell us about Sheldon and uh, what he brings to the table against you?
2: Yeah,
4: it's a hard one. Like I say, there's not too much footage on, on the guy um, as far as, you know, you know like you said, he's, it was a while ago, um, he, he, he was last out, so there's a couple of attributes that we know um, within the team that we've been working on, um, obviously stylistically to, to play into our hands throughout the game, um, but other than that, you know, I'm, I'm confident in my ability and what I'll bring to the table um, come fight night, and yeah, it's definitely going gonna, gonna to be one to watch.
3: Given his time away from the sport, are you expecting a hesitant or maybe reserved approach from Sheldon?
4: Um, do, do, do you know what? I, I do believe there is such a thing, you know, cage rust, ring rust. Um, that does exist. and He can definitely, you know, have signs of being hesitant in, in many ways. But, um, no, I'm, I'm going to be ready for whatever. So, whatever he comes out and he wants to show that he's been prepared and he's been working hard for the last 18 months, so, you know, he, he is going to be that hesitant person. He's going to get shut down either way.
3: Now, I know after your last win, you were eyeing a bigger-named opponent. I know every opponent is a challenge in this sport, particular in the UFC, and you know every fight an opportunity to showcase your skills, but what was your reaction to being offered Sheldon initially, and were you at all bothered that the UFC didn't give you a bigger name for this one?
2: Well, it was a
4: hard one. Like, I knew the, the cards were running out, and obviously the, 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 the slots as far as getting fights um, arranged and matched up for cards leading up to Christmas, um, and I was kind of desperate wanting to, to perform for to, to you know, see the end of the year out right, before two thousand eighteen. So opportunity come up where it was Canada. Um and yeah, I was fighting a home hometown guy and to me that was um more so the kind of avenue that it was showing me for was the fact that it's a hometown guy. That's the opportunity that I've got to find a car before Christmas. Um but yeah, I d I, I don't feel like my performances are gonna change and um, whichever whichever way I'm still aiming for top guys. I still want top opponents so I know the opportunities are going to come sooner and later if I keep knocking.
3: Yeah, that was going to be my next question. You know, obviously, Sheldon being a Canadian, fighting in front of his home country, likely a big motivation for him, and the fans in Canada are very diehard, diehard as they come. Uh, are you expecting a hostile crowd towards you come fight night?
4: Um, well, no, I've heard a lot of good things about Canada. And that's, uh, to be honest, that's something that I'm looking forward to. I've never been there, um, and especially, at, you know, how big Canada is, Winnipeg being very far up from where we are right now. And, the climate's completely different. I've heard that the, that the hospitality that the Canadian fans welcome the fighters with and stuff like that. that's incredible. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, as far as Sheldon being a whole time fighter and coming out and obviously having having that motivation and drive behind him, I do believe that that will be something that he'll bring to the table without a shadow of a fight because um, it, it motivates most fighters. It's a natural reaction. Um, but yeah, I don't think it's going to be enough to, to kind of stop me from doing what I want to.
3: All right, so regardless of the fans, you will be victorious without a doubt. Um, you had said earlier in July that uh, you know you were looking to looking forward to moving past some personal issues and proving your pra- your place amongst the uh, best in the division. Uh, if you're willing to share, if not, I completely understand, but you know what were some of the issues you were having, and uh, how happy are you to be able to put all of that behind you at this point?
2: Well there's a lot of a lot of uh,
4: personal issues that people just don't necessarily see um as far as looking in on an individual athlete or the sport which they call the u f c um now obviously we all live our lives and we all have different things going on which only can kind of affect our our training life our performance our career um and for me, I had some family problems um being away from my son but understanding why I need to be away and obviously striving for for better things. You know, the opportunities, again, it was to align from taking the right fight time, uh, fight by fight to getting uh, the opportunities to fight against the top guys, getting yourself established, getting the money um, and being able to ultimately provide a future for my son. So, like I say, there was a lot of um, personal problems as far as um, family relationships and stuff like that that I had to overcome, persevere, um, put to one side focus on the main goal which ultimately is to establish myself as one of the best fighters in the world. Um and you know, I'm I'm a nice guy. I'm not one of these guys to, to go out there and directly insult someone or kind of them tell to tell them what they are or aren't, but at the same time I'm somebody who's got a reason and a fight with a purpose and I believe that that shows every time when I come into the cage. So um I'm 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 happy with, you know, who who I'm becoming as a, as an athlete.
3: Yeah, we hear that time and time again, and that's one of the toughest parts of this business is, you know, holding together the family and, and especially with children, given that you have to travel so much and be away for so often. Um, how old is, is – how many children do you have, first of all, and how old? And do you think they're maybe starting to understand that, you know, Daddy has a job where he has to be away for a while?
4: Yeah, well, I, I've got, I've only got one, one um, child, a little son, Clay. Um, he's two at the moment, so it's, it's not even like he's at the age or at the stage where he's there or he's able to understand. Now, you know, with me and his mum as adults and whatever happens relationship-wise, it then can you know input a lot of difficulties. And then when you've got them difficulties as well as being on the other side of the world. You know, it's 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 on a on a on a personal level that is when it is something very mentally that can affect you,
2: because
4: yeah. um, you you know, and and with everything that I am where I come from and my background, um, growing up single parent mum, you know, I'm not having a dad there. I want to be more than everything to this kid. So it's it's something that is like I say, very heartfelt and is powerful. it's powerful. Someone that gives me a lot of drive, um, and when something's real like that, I believe it's it's it's, it's more than any any kind of you know.
3: Yeah, for sure, for sure, and as you said, I mean, only being two years old maybe doesn't comprehend it, but on your end, missing all of those moments uh, within a child are very important stuff, and a lot of sacrifice being made on your end, so I completely understand that, but uh, moving away from there, welterweight, one of the most competitive divisions in the sport, when you look at the athletes in the top 15, how confident are you that you not only belong in those rankings, but uh, that you have the ability to be competitive against some of the elite at 170?
4: Yeah, well, I, I I seen a little uh, snippet uh, earlier on on Instagram, it must have been uh, Dana White speaking in regards to uh, um, what do you call it in regards to the George St Pierre, obviously retaining the belt, and you know he was speaking um, high regards about the 170 division being full of, full of animals. Now th- there's there's no question about it, um, it is. But I'm also very confident in my ability and, you know, my creativity, um, my style, my sort of exciting output, relentlessness. Um, I'm 100%. I feel like I belong in the top 15. I feel like my career so far, I've shown glimpses of how that is going to happen and, you know, when it's going to happen. But also there's, there's, there's been little spots where, you know, there's been time within the UFC underneath them lights for a person to, an uh, athlete to develop and to learn. So I've also took that underneath, uh, underneath my wing.
3: Absolutely, and time will tell, and you're certainly on the on the right path to, to getting up and climbing that mountain. But, you know, speaking of the elite of the division, uh, this card is being headlined by Rafael Desanos and the return of Robbie Lawler. Give us your thoughts on that matchup and, and the importance of this fight for the division.
4: Yeah, I think that's a wonderful little matchup. Um again, there's a lot of a lot of newcomers. You look at the the one semi division it is, is deep. Um, you look at anyone in the top thirty, you're looking at the pure thoroughbred athletes that stylistically anything anything can, can happen. Um and I think that's something that's very exciting. Like you say, rankings don't really mean too much, but at the same time, you know, there's there's style of matchups up there that, that really sort of do make it shine and, and stand out um within the one division. You know, Robbie Lawler and Dosanos being the kind of older generation and obviously all the newcomers and the young, fresh meat coming up through. I think it's gonna be a nice fight to watch. Um again, I think uh I'm going with Robbie obviously on this with him being one of my teammates, training with him, seeing the way he's performing right now. We've still got we've still got um very good things to see from that guy. So yeah, I'm I'm excited for that fight.
3: Yeah, I have no doubt he is nowhere near done, just a little setback and he's Obviously, one of the most exciting fighters to watch uh throughout the sport uh but should either guy be be the next to challenge for Tyron Woodley's title with a dominant performance in your opinion?
4: um it's a hard one because like like i say that that sort of toss up at the top there is very very strong and deep um anyone can sort of you know get the opportunity to come in um I wouldn't like to say um but at the same time, I would like to think that one of them will get the opportunity for that title show.
3: Right, right. So, in your opinion, aside from those guys, who do you think is uh, the rightful next in line for a crack at Woodley Strap?
4: Um, we've got a few up there. I'd say like, um, so Hartman. You could, you could, you could even go with Wonderboy Boy coming in and having, having a third fight with him. Um.
3: That's a tough one to make, considering that you know the the not only the how the fights played out, but I mean he's he's two and oh and two rather against Woodley. I mean that's a tough one to make, but he I is. I, yeah, I, yeah, I agree with what you're saying though. I mean given his skills and where he's at in the division, after a while it'll be really hard to deny him.
4: Well, of course, because if you look at, at the outside the top four or five, then you've got like a little pool of you know anyone between Tom DiNibio, um, Gunnar Nelson, Kamal Usman, Mike Perry, Baron Hill, all of them, you know, it's kind of like they 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 need to fight off against each other to be able to end in that pocket to be able to be title, you know, sort of challenger worthy. So, yeah, um, I I think it's whoever's in the top five five slots still hold the the most dominant chance of being able to shoot them for that title. Do you
2: know what I mean?
3: Yeah, yeah, for for sure, it's a like you said, it's a toss up, and any one of the guys could be deserving on any night. Um, but what was your opinion on all this talk about Nate Diaz possibly fighting Woodley? You know, Dana White said yesterday that it was all BS rumors started by an employee. Uh, do you buy that, and do you think that the fight was a possibility at one point?
2: Um,
4: it's a hard one to go with because, you know, obviously with with the way that you know, Nate Diaz and the, and, and his, his last few performances and, and obviously how long it has been between his fights and stuff like that, you know what I mean, with all the people sort of being up there and Fight and consistency—it's hard to say that. Um, but same time, it would it would definitely make for an, an interesting and an entertaining fight to watch. Um, but no, I, I I can't really see that coming into light I can't see that I can't see that happening.
3: Right, right. Leapfrogging the whole division definitely wouldn't be fair to any of you guys. Um, but another big fight, another big fight for the division uh, on this card is a former opponent of yours, Mike Perry, taking on Santiago Ponzinibbio. You just mentioned him there. Um, who are you picking for that one?
4: I think I think stylish t v Um, You know, Ponzinibbio can, can can keep my on, on on the outside and, and play this a similar game to how how Alan Joe banded did when Alan Joe Band fought him. Um, other than that, I, I I really kind of you know I think people need to respect my power. Um, and I'm I'm not. You know, I've, I've I've been in this game. I've been hit by people and, and stuff like that, and I understand the way that that kid is. Um, and I f- I feel like he's a very he,
2: he's
4: gonna be it's gonna be a tough fight for Ponzanibio to, to be able to shut him down. So it's either gonna be stylistically he's gonna be Ponzinibbio playing it on points on the outside, or Mike Perry will shut him down.
3: Right, right. Now, given the success of Mike Perry uh, and his rise to stardom, I mean that's got to give you some kind of extra validation. Uh, that you belong in the top of the division, considering that he's your only loss in the UFC?
4: Well, definitely. We uh, kind of have looked at our situation in, in a few different ways and a couple of different factors. Now, if you have a look at all of Mike Perry's fights, and if you ask the guy to his face, I guarantee you he'll tell you that I was the guy that brought the fight to him. I was the guy that stood in front of him and gave him exactly what he wanted, which was to go toe-to-toe. Now, I was the only person that got to the point where you know I was winning you know, it happened, I got hit with a heavy shot, I was done. At the same time, I feel like that was the one bump that I've had within my UFC career. So with Mike Perry enabling himself and proving that, you know, you can't take him lightly, he has got that power that obviously is proven to turn a lot of heads and make make no uh, make a lot of noise. Um, yeah, it does it does give me some some sort of validation, but at the same time I still believe that I'm, I'm better And I was better than, than how I reacted That night Um With a very Emotional Fueled mindset Do you know what I mean
3: Yeah absolutely I, I was gonna ask My next question Was gonna be I'm sure a rematch With uh, Perry Is something that's Definitely on your radar Moving forward
4: Yeah definitely Like that 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 could be something That again Um You know Not taking no shine Away from From anything But Me and Mike Perry Deserved fight Night that night Um my last performance was for me was it was a nice a nice knockout um so again i i, I bring something to the table be time um and whether it be a finish, you're gonna get a fight at the night and it, sh- it should have been awarded that so like i say i feel it definitely, it's definitely it definitely shown characteristics within it that again it's gonna show bigger possibilities for the future.
3: Now, should any of these uh, welterweights become injured for this card, uh, would you have any hesitation to take a replacement fight?
4: Oh, no, no, no. I've noticed it's, it's predominantly a well-weight card. Um, right. There must be I mean, between six and eight fights on we'll every well-weight fighters, Um Anyone pulls out, I'm ready. Anyone wants it, I'm ready. Um, again, like I said, I'll be that guy that will jump on an opportunity and that will take it and that will make the most of it. Right. Um, risks are there to be taken. So, Yeah.
3: I'll and sometimes ahead. you got to take, take those fights right. when when they arise, whether it be short notice, change of style, but at the end of the day you're doing what you're doing to get ready and that should be enough to take on anybody in the division.
4: Of course,
3: 100%. Absolutely. So listen, something off-topic I wanted to uh, get your opinion on is this whole Conor McGregor rumor circulating about this bar fight. Uh, very well could be nonsense, but you know, given Conor, Conor's reputation as a party animal, also could have some truth to it. I don't want to speculate or uh, on what may or may not have happened, but being an Englishman, I just wanted to pick your brain on a couple of things. Um, I, I, I personally don't know much about the Irish mob, and and that's not to say that that you would either. But you know, being from one of the Italian mafia capitals in the U.S., I can say that at one point, mobsters did run things out here. Uh, however, you know, Rico laws they were passed. Mobsters went underground into politics, things like that. Is the mob really that serious in the UK, in Ireland, in today's day and age?
4: Um, we've got, we've got some pretty bad people, but like, you do get everywhere around the world, you know what I mean? Um, I won't, I, I won't like, you know, I won't, I won't hold that, that quiet. Um, but yeah, definitely, I'd say rumors, rumors are rumors. But right. if if uh, speculations are true, then I, I won't I put past it. I wouldn't put past it at all.
3: Right, right. Now, like I've heard of like the Cray brothers and a few others in England, but do you know anything about this G- Graham Whalen guy or? Who is it? Uh, the, I the I believe it is Graham. I, I can't, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing his last name right, but uh, they're saying that it's Graham the Wig Whalen. Graham
4: the Wig Whalen. <laughs> no, I, me myself, I haven't I haven't heard of his name no. Okay, um, all right, fair uh, enough. <laughs> but, but like I'm saying, I'm 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 sure that if. If it's a serious situation um, and, and it is, you know, stemmed from from something which Irish, English, there there the, there is people over there that have other ways of sorting things out still. Um, okay. So definitely, yeah, like I say.
3: Yeah, I mean that that's just one of those things that. I mean, I, again, I I don't expect you to know much about uh, Irish gangsters or even UK gangsters for that matter. But again, from my standpoint, where I'm at, it's like. I didn't even know that the Mafia was still relevant anywhere, so this all came as a surprise to me. I just wanted to get your take on that. Um, but listen, getting back to you and your future, realistically, does a dominant win in December 16th, does that put you in a position to get a household name for your next fight, in your opinion?
4: Yeah, I, I definitely feel that you know, going into 2018, it puts me on enough, uh, a very good standpoint um, for that. Um, and again, I want to be active. So 2018, three, four fights in the back... And I want to be fighting top level opponents. I want to. It's my my ambition is to be a highest playing. You know, what I mean, I, I still want to see my face on on the game. <laughs> so uh, yeah, there's, I can say. There's there's, there's there's a few few things that I want to do, um, but this this fight first and foremost is the first step, um, and I'm going to finish this in ecstatic fashion, and then we're going to see where that's going to tell me for our 2019.
3: Uh, n- another another off topic here. Are do you know if you're included on the game roster for the new release?
4: No, I don't know. You should have some hot chocolate on there. though definitely.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Definitely. Absolutely. So without looking past Sheldon, you know, uh, Sheldon rather, um, what fight would make the most sense for you moving forward? And is there any opponent in particular that you'd like to face next?
4: I don't know. There's, there's, there's a few. Um, like I say, stylistically, even when, when you start looking at the top, uh, the high-level guys, um, they're, they're, they're more or less good at everything. Um, but you can... Stylistically, you can more or less predict how you both going to fight and the way that, they're, that, they're, that the the is going to kind of play out. Um, so there's a few guys up there that have got some nice flashy kind of striking styles that I'd love to put on a good show or something that you know a real good entertaining fight. Um, but at the same time, there, there was you know obviously Donald Cerrone he's obviously just been beat. I'd, I'd like to go over to London, UK, and have someone that would stand. Sanchez, someone that stand in front of me, you know, we took something, something that we could have a crazy fight and,
3: you know. Yeah, so a stylistic matchup that would be a crowd pleaser and, and also be good for, for your style and, uh, like you said, another fight of the night bonus type of deal. Yeah, definitely. Okay. And assuming you come out of this fight injury-free, I mean, you mentioned London London there, I'd imagine you'd love to be a part of that card in March.
4: Yeah, that would be amazing, obviously, um, Time-permitting-wise, it'd be perfect as well. I'd be due to go home after the Winnipeg car for a couple of weeks, see the baby, um, come back, start training, and give me, again, a nice, nice camp to get ready. Um, shoot over to London. Um, obviously, home time, born there. So it'd be nice to, you know, bring it home for the UK crowd.
3: Awesome, awesome. I certainly hope so. Definitely looking forward to the fight and uh, all that the future has in store for you, my friend. In conclusion, before Canada gets to enjoy some hot chocolate with that winter cold on December 16th, What's your official prediction for the fight?
1: The fight's not going to go out in the second
3: round. All right, fair enough. A choke?
4: I promise. Choke,
3: choke knockout? knockout no, or? no, no, no. It's going
4: to be a nice tail. It's going to be a nice tail, but it's not going to go out in the second
3: round. Okay. okay, very good. Well, my man, we're certainly looking forward to it. As I mentioned, uh, like I said, Canada's definitely in for in for a treat with, with some hot chocolate on the card. And uh, before we let you go, any shout-outs you'd like to get in?
2: Um, I'd just like to thank you to the
4: sponsors that brought Monkey Nutrition um, and my team members and uh, the guys by the Hard Knocks 365 and Fort Lauderdale.
3: All right, awesome. Greatly appreciate the time, and uh, hopefully we can catch up again after a big win or maybe when the fight draws a little closer. Uh, You have a wonderful evening, my friend.
4: My man, I appreciate it, Jason. All right, have a good night. Cheers, brother. Take care.
3: All right, Penn Nation, there you have it. First ever conversation on BJPenn.com radio with hot chocolate, Danny Roberts. Very cool guy. Up and comer. Keep your eyes on him, that's for sure. Uh, As you heard him talk about there, you know, the setback with Mike Perry. Said he's fought a lot of tough guys. Mike Perry hits very hard. We all know that. I mean, Mike Perry is a knockout artist. Uh, So for that to be his one loss in the UFC, says a lot about... uh, Him as an athlete, where he's going, and and a bright future for him as well. I want to say he's, aside from the Perry fight, I want to say he's got three victories. Three or four victories in the octagon. uh, The fight coming up December 16th in Winnipeg against Sheldon Westcott. Should be a very exciting fight. Sky's the limit for him. He can, uh, you know, continue to put it together. I say this about all these athletes, but they're all so damn talented. He also heard him talk about uh, the fight with Perry. Next time we have uh, Platinum on, we'll have to ask him about this, saying that he's one of the only guys that actually walked forward at Mike Perry. And uh, you know, Styles make fights. We talk about that, consi- you know, constantly. I hope to see him. You know, depending on how this fight fight goes with Sheldon, I would definitely like to see him uh, in a fight with a guy that will go forward as well. Bring the fight to him. They both meet in the center and uh, slug it out to see who's left standing.
2: <clears throat>
3: Let him bang, bro. In the words of Julian Lane. <laughs> Anyway, so yeah, all-around cool convo with him. Looking forward to his, his fight and all the future has in store. Uh, four Hot Chocolate, killer nickname. Definitely love to see him in the video game. And definitely interested to see what he can accomplish uh, at 170 pounds in the best promotion in the world. Coming up next, on the fighter's voice, BJPenn.com radio. Returning to the show for the second time, The Eagle Among Turkeys, one of MMA's greatest heels, anti-hero even, it has got that Stone Cold thing about him, you know, start off as a heel, become anti-hero because you're a heel, people love you for that. Brash, outspoken, the American gangster himself, Chael P. Sonnen. Discuss a lot of stuff with him Really great conversation I mean the two, two times I've had the opportunity To speak with him Nothing but gold I mean what more can you say It's Chael Sonnen So this is BJPenn.com Radio I'm your host Jay Kinch Enough of me talking Let's get right into it This is the one you guys want to hear An awesome 35 minute convo 36 minute convo With the man himself chael P. sunnan Coming up next, the fighter's voice, the voice of you guys, the fans, BJPenn.com radio. All right, Penn Nation, please welcome back to the show the legendary eagle among turkeys, the American gangster himself, Chale P. sunnan Thanks again for joining us uh, so soon, Chale. How was your Thanksgiving?
2: Oh, man, it was-
1: Got, uh, we got a whole bunch of family together, had a whole bunch of food, relaxed a little bit, had a great day.
3: Awesome, awesome, myself as well. Uh, last time we spoke, you were awaiting the newest addition to the Son and Clan. Happy and healthy baby, I presume.
1: Yeah, well, you know what, I'm still waiting. I'm still waiting. We're still one week early. It looked like it was coming early, but uh, but uh, the wife is holding strong, and, and baby is still making her arrival awaited.
3: <laughs> no kidding. So uh, later than expected.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, but I mean, still on time. You know, we're still, like I said, we're a week early, so we are uh, a little hesitant that um, you know, too too early can always be uh, nerve wracking as well. So every, everything's right on track.
3: Well, very good, very good. So uh, before we get into the Bellator heavyweight tournament stuff and and all the other things in MMA, I wanted to discuss with you. Uh, we're less than a week away from the next Submission Underground event. All the featured athletes are still on schedule. No injuries or concerns, I I hope, at this point?
2: No, everybody's set,
1: man. December 3rd on slowgrappling.com, 3 o'clock. 3 o'clock Pacific time. I guess 6 o'clock Eastern time. Uh, Yeah, everything's set. Gilbert Burns, Jake Shields in the main event, Fabiano Scherner versus Tim Sylvie in the co-main.
3: Awesome, awesome. Uh, Have you heard at all from Tim or seen him? I'm very interested to know what kind of shape he's in right now.
1: Yeah, I'm pretty excited about that, too. I, I did hear from him that he was uh, about 350, but that was about six months ago, and he got very excited uh, about the invitation and the opportunity. He, he commented that he was going to come in uh, just over, just around 300 pounds. So uh, that was all I had to, to go off of, but I draw the conclusion that uh, you know he used it to get himself back in shape that he was getting in the gym and planning to get 50 to 60 pounds off and uh man he's been fired up i don't hear from anybody more than i hear from him <laughs> you know in the months leading up to this is this still on are we still a go uh you know all, all of these kinds of things so he, he's pumped
3: i mean I, I know that uh gilbert burns and and jake shields that's a really fun fight to watch or com- uh, competition to watch rather but i think the people's main event has got to be tim Sylvia and fabiano right
1: you know, it's funny that you say that because that's how I see it as well. And, uh, you know, some some of the grappling guys go, well, you know, it's the grappling again. And, and Tim Sylvia doesn't have a black belt. I actually was told that comment. I said, yeah, he doesn't have a black belt, the belt he has is gold and, and weighs 12 pounds pounds. So, uh, you know, but, but I'm with you. I think it's fun. I it not mean, come back for fun. We haven't seen Tim Sylvia in a long time. We didn't know if we were ever going to see Tim Sylvia again. He's well aware that he – you know, doesn't do these rules. He's not flinching a bit. He never did from the jump. He, he was on board. He expects to win. Uh, he's got a strategy that uh, he'll unveil on Sunday. I'm excited to see it. You know, win, win or lose for any of these guys, it's a little bit of a different environment. Uh, we got one grudge match on there, Nathan Orchard versus uh, A.J. Agazar. It seems that everybody A.J. takes on, it turns into a grudge match, so this is no different. Anthony Smith coming out taking on David Mitchell too. You know Anthony Smith on a three-fight win streak, all KOs in the UFC, most recently over Hector Lombard. So uh, it's just going to be a fun day.
3: Absolutely, very exciting card. Awesome stuff to look forward to. And again, you know everything with Tim Sylvia. I'm sure that's generating a lot of interest at this point. Um, but so it was announced that uh, not long ago that the Bellator would be holding this heavyweight tournament. You will uh, be one of the guys on the bracket. Very cool stuff from Coker, in my opinion. Uh, last time we spoke, it sounded like a fight with Bader for the strap was maybe in your crosshairs, uh, the thing with Chuck Liddell had kind of been sidelined. Walk us through how this all came to fruition for you, and, uh, were you expected to be a part of the tourney originally?
1: Yeah, so I don't have a huge story on that. Um, I was asked at one point by Bellator, kind of in passing, hey, would you ever consider going heavyweight? And the frame of reference I had is, you know, King Mo's gone up to heavyweight, and, uh, rampage is, is one of those guys that fights at light heavyweight and, and one time he spotted heavyweight they, they just kind of some guys up I said yeah I would know, be open for whatever uh, that was the one and only dialogue I had the tournament got announced I didn't know they were doing a tournament my fight with rampage got announced I never got asked we you fight rampage uh, you know we all, I think we all kind of learned about it on ESPN together I was talking to some other guys and I don't know that anybody knew who was matched with who. I don't know how they came to the conclusions or how the brackets were drawn, but it is a straight line bracket. We know where the quarters are, the semis, as they develop and on into the final. So, uh, yeah, I think it's pretty cool in sport. If you're going to do a bracket, it's got to be a straight line. You can't you can't go back and rematch them once the semis are done. Uh, you know, you got to do it straight, and uh, I like it. I'm on board. If you're gonna do it, if you're gonna do a tournament, you know, you can sit down with the power of the pin, or you can just bring all the best guys together, throw them out there, and see who's left standing.
3: So it was accurate in that you didn't know you were fighting Rampage until the poster came out.
1: It came out. I I saw it on ESPN. Max had done a piece with with Brett, and uh, that's when it got announced. I believe ESPN broke it. If they didn't break it, they're the ones that broke it for me.
3: Wow. Wow. So Fedor, Mir, Mitrion, Big Country, Rampage, King Mo, Bader. I mean, this is a, this is this really has the potential to be something awesome. And the tournament format has been dearly missed by MMA fans for a while. Uh, give us your thoughts on the bracket and who do you, aside from yourself obviously, who should be favored to win in your opinion, and who do you think is the dark horse in the tournament?
1: All right, so I'll throw myself out of it uh, and let's see here i think that it's very interesting there's some complaints that some some white heavyweights are getting thrown in but i think that uh, i think whoever wins between bader and mo has to be on the fast track uh i think that's a really hard fight in many ways that's the championship fight you got Mitreon sitting in there which is bellator's number one contender um you know if you weren't in a tournament you're just going to go right into a fight Mitreon's going to be one half of that uh and then roy nelson what a pain in the ass that is for Mitchell. You know, they've already fought once. I'm sure Mitchell would like to get it back, but either way, Roy knows he can beat him because he has beat them. Uh, I, I'm not one of the guys that's ever overlooked Fedor. Uh, you know, I've, I've always been impressed at the size of guys. He fights, you know, he fights these really, really big guys. So I, have never really dusted him off or thought, okay, he's done her over the hill. Uh, he just fights really big guys, and, and when those punches connect... It, so I, I'm not overlooking Fedor. Frank Mir, always a hammer, world champion. How do you uh, how do you act like he can't go out and, and and win this whole thing, particularly when it's just one fight per night and spread out over roughly 12 months? Rampage, a former world champion. I'm a tournament guy myself. I guess I was supposed to leave myself out of it, but I like tournaments, man. This is what I grew up doing.
3: Right, right. That definitely fits your uh, your... Uh, history as an athlete but you know you mentioned Fedor a lot of people think he's over the hill I would agree with you man the guy still is a legend and and when you're in that heavyweight division I mean one punch connects and that's the end of the night I think that the fight with Mir is is kind of a throwback to a fight that we've all wanted to see for many 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 years how do you think that one's going to play out
1: yeah I love that match uh I love it because it was you know talked about over a decade ago and yeah when you talk about Fedor and him being done and well here let's just look at his last fight his last fight he knocked Matt Mitrion out the funny part was Mitrion knocked him out at the exact same time and happened to recover faster so you know what are you going to give him a loss on that it was it was one of the weirder matches in all of MMA so uh I got no problem with Fedor but um I I don't know I don't know how he's going to do with Mir Mir's a big guy we talked about he's got problems once he gets to the ground with guys that have size on him, You saw what Bigfoot Silva did to him. And Mir's a big guy. He goes about the weight limit. You know, he comes in around 260. Fedor weighs in pretty consistently, about 236. Uh, and if Mir does get on top of him, uh, I think that Fedor might have a hard time getting out and not being smothered. So, you know, let's just see what happens there. But to, to your point, it's a fight that we've all wanted to see for a very long time, and now we finally got it.
3: Absolutely, absolutely very exciting stuff. And uh <clears throat> I know the I know the guys have already asked you about the size discrepancy and you know you moving up in weight, King Mo moving up although he has fought at heavyweight as well. Uh does anything about strategy change for you when you're fighting a guy with a considerable weight advantage?
1: Yeah, I think so. You know those big guys suck for the most part, but uh you know <laughs> you still got to deal with their size. If you, you, you have a style like mine where you're trying to get underneath a guy control his hips and and lift him up off the ground and let gravity do the rest, uh, pretty hard to do when a guy's that much bigger. So now you got to move to plan B. Uh, I think as a competitor, that's a lot of fun. I've got a plan B. I've just never had to show it because I've never had a guy that could stop me from taking him off his feet. So, uh, you know, I, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to the challenge. I'm looking for the difference. I'm t- looking forward to taking on some guys that are terrible. And, uh, and there you go. I mean, you go from there. I, I would to overlook Rampage. I mean, Rampage at 205 is a tough night out. Rampage at, at 255 is an even tougher night out. But what the hell's the difference? We're, we're all under contract with the same company. We all got the same goal. So let's go fight for it.
3: Yeah, I know you talked about, a bit about uh, Rampage uh, usually talking trash, but in this instance he's, he's giving you a lot of props, a lot of credit here. Uh, how do you feel about the matchup? And give us your take on the stuff that he said about his detest for fighting wrestlers.
1: Yeah, and that's been going around, you know. I, I don't know if old Rampage is, is trying to butter me up or what the deal is, but I'm not taking my eye off the ball. I, I know that that's a, a, an angry, uh, you know, fierce, powerful man. And uh, if if he thinks being nice to me is, is going to get me to train any less, he's, he's talking to the wrong guy. So uh, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to work as hard as I can. I'm going to go out and fight him. I'm going to deal with his punches. I'm going to deal with his, his power. Uh, get the fight to where I want it. And 15 minutes later, I'm going to go
3: home. Now he, he's uh, been criticized of, you know, maybe having cardio issues in the past, putting on a considerable amount of weight. Are you expecting him to maybe have even more cardio issues going into this? Or do you expect him to be in better shape given that he can you put know, on I, more weight?
1: It's really hard to say. Cause I've, I've heard both of those things too. And I'm influenced by both of them. Not uh, unlike anybody else, but I watched him at this weight one time against King Mo. I didn't think he looked tired. Now I watched it live. Maybe I need to go back and rewatch it. Um, I didn't think he looked tired. I thought that the third round was one of his better rounds. I thought he was scrambling well, and once he lands that power, you know, he he hurts opponents. I wouldn't be any different. I I don't want to deal with Rampage's power. So, you know, that'll be part of the, the, the strategy and part of the plan when you go in there. But that stuff's all easy to talk about in interviews like this. It all goes out the window when they shut that door. So let's
3: just fight. Right, right, absolutely. Now, I'm wondering, would winning this Grand Prix be the biggest accomplishment of your career, in your opinion? Fighting career
1: anyway? Uh, I think so. I mean, I fought for five world championships, and I didn't leave there with any belts. So yeah, if I if I grabbed a belt, I I can't think of uh of anything bigger that I've been part of. So uh, you know, but it's one night at a time. Again, I'm a tournament guy, but one of the keys to tournaments is is you don't look ahead. You don't think about having to take on three guys. You just break it down to one guy, then you break it down even further to one round, one round at a time, and uh, you know, one one minute by minute, one movement by movement. So, um. It would certainly be an accomplishment for anybody, anybody that can walk out of uh, of there with a belt, and that's that's something you keep forever.
3: Now, you had mentioned uh, you expect this to take place over 12 months. Give us your thoughts on, you know, the decision of Bellator to, to have this go over such a long period of time. Do you think maybe it'll lose some steam after these, you know, uh, quarterfinals get done or, or whatever the case is?
2: Oh, goodness,
1: no. It's just the opposite with tournaments. I mean, you look at anything – at the NCAA basketball for whatever or, or whatever example you want to use playoffs for the nfl is you know the, man, they, those things gain hype you know you start talking about everything okay well this quarter is going on in this quarter final what if this guy wins but what if this guy wins and there's an upset here and you, you start dreaming about these possible matches and as a fan you know you're so excited once you finally know and you finally know okay who's going to take on who um if I have any hope for the tournament, it, we won't see any alternates. The, the tournament will play out. Everybody will do what they said they're going to do, which is, which is show up and compete on whatever night they're asked to. And uh, that should be a simple ask. But in today's world of,
2: of, of all the wussies that are in MMA, man, you never know.
3: Right, and you talk about alternates. There's a lot of news going around that Shane Carwin might possibly be in that conversation. What do you think of him uh, potentially coming into this as an alternate? I mean, that's a big, scary dude.
1: Yeah, he's a stud, you know. And then Bobby Lashley is the other guy. I think those were the two names that uh, Scott Coker mentioned. So, um, you know, I don't know if he's got contracts with with Carwin or just has, has a verbal handshake deal. I don't really know how far that is along. But uh, yeah, Coker only gave two names, and, and Lashley and uh, and and Carwin were those two names. And yeah, man, you're you're out of the frying pan and into the fire with either one of them. So what's the difference? Sign them both up for all I care.
3: <laughs> right. Right. All right, well, one more thing on on this heavyweight tournament. I just wanted to know, in your own opinion as a, you know, as a martial artist for all these years, knowing all of these guys, what fight would you most like to have, given the opportunity that, you know, the stars align? Which opponent would you most like to face?
1: Oh, for me, well, right now, you know, I'll go one at a time. Rampage, I, I like Rampage. Um, I-, I always thought Rampage and I were going to fight sooner or later. Uh, they tried to do it in the UFC, and, and it almost came together, and then we both ended up in Bellator, so it seemed like that was one that was going to happen. But uh, I wouldn't look ahead, man. I would just uh, – and if I could align the stars and and play by the rules you set forward, then I would just pick whatever the easiest fights were. Um, I'd pick whatever guy sucks the most. But, I mean, you got seven guys and you got Shale Sonnen. It should be no surprise who the favorite of this
2: tournament is.
3: Right, right, right. Awesome answer, as always. Uh, so let's switch things up here for a moment. I wanted to get your thoughts on Bisping's loss to Gastelum over the weekend in Shanghai. Uh, there's been a lot of backlash towards the UFC for allowing him to have such a quick turnaround after the loss to GSP. I'm wondering where do you stand on that?
1: I loved it. I thought it was great. Uh, Bisping's stock for me went up. You know, Bisping's one of the few tough guys in this sport. Everybody's got a big mouth, but uh, very few guys sign sign contracts. And we're seeing this right now with their, their biggest star and, and all of the other guys that don't want to fight one another. Given an opportunity in a sport that you're you're not entitled to do, you're blessed to do, you said you wanted to do it, then you can't get guys to, to step in there, man. They're a bunch of freaking cowards, and Bisping is, is one exception where he actually will step in and fight whenever he's asked to. And he had a backlash from people. What a bunch of crybabies, man. The, the only bad thing that this sport has is that we only get to fight a few times a year. You know, Again, back when this started, tournaments, it, it was multiple guys in one night. Some of my best memories, I was fighting two guys in one night. And I missed the big wave. I missed the eight-man tournaments. When I came along, it was only four-man tournaments. So I got to fight a couple of guys in one night, but I grew up taking on four and five and six guys every single Saturday. So, you know, not only are the fighters a bunch of wimps, now the fans are turning into wimps and saying that three weeks apart for a grown man that used to be world champion can answer for himself and he says he wants to do it. What a bunch
2: of babies.
3: Well, I, I, certainly agree with you that he deserves a ton of credit for, for what he did, you know, with that quick turnaround. Uh, however, I mean, I've always maintained that, that it should be up to athletes and, and fans and media alike. We really have no business saying whether a guy should or shouldn't fight. But do you think it was a misstep maybe by the commission or the UFC to put him out there in danger of, of taking you know some traumatic brain damage?
1: No, I want to think so. I want I mean I want to think how much how much regulation do you need in this sport? We're the only sport in the world that's got oversight by the government. There is no free standing democracy in the world that government oversees sport. The only place in the world where government has a hand in sport is in communist countries. One of the first things we did when we freed Iraq is we let their athletes go from the re- regime of Saddam and his crazy-ass sons. So, no, you know, I I get so sick of hearing about people complaining about commissions and then saying more commissions, man. It's good enough as it is. It's a level of ridiculousness where they're attempting to justify their existence. They don't deserve the 6% tax that they're taking. We all got to play along. We all got to look the other way and hand them their money. But, no, to act like they can tell a grown man when he can go out and compete in a sporting event? Sports are for kids. He's a grown-ass man playing a sport? So what if it's a contact sport? I mean, what's the difference? And maybe Bisping shouldn't have been there. I'll be open to those arguments, but it's sure as hell not up to the government to decide.
3: <laughs> that That is the most free market answer possible. I absolutely love it. Um, so moving on for Bisping, it was announced that, that he would be competing for the last time in London in March of 2018. Who would you personally like to see Bisping face for his final opponent?
2: Well,
1: you know, I, I don't want to see an easy fight. Just, I don't like that when a guy goes out. I mean, there is a rule in this business. You pass the torch, and this had the torch for a long time. He's been a big draw on top of the bill. He's had the big belt around his waist, and he's been getting big paychecks. And if he's going to go out, you don't get to take the thunder with you. Now, that doesn't mean he doesn't have his chance to answer for that. But, uh, you know, you you don't bring in some bomb. Against him, you got to bring in the right guy. And if he gets to go out on top, then good for him. But, you know, the rule of the business says you you pass the torch. So uh, I know that's not his plan. That's never any athlete's plan. But our, Our story all ends the same way. It's face down and embarrassed.
3: So in regards to opponent that there's nobody, you just don't want to see him take an easy fight.
1: No, I wouldn't want to see you have an easy fight. I mean, you don't give a guy a give-me, and you're not giving him any favors by doing that anyway. You know, I could go back 12 months ago and tell you about an unnamed guy named Robert Whittaker, who people would have thought was an easy fight. I could go back... 36 months and tell you about an unknown 20-year-old kid named Kelvin Gatsplung. Right. You know, anytime you put yourself in those spots, and all of a sudden you you, you know you got a lot of pressure, and you could really go out the wrong way, too. So, you know, just take the fight. Take whoever's in the rankings. I'm sure plenty of guys are going to call Bisping out, because, again, we're in a sport of cowards. And uh, as soon as they see a guy lose two fights in a row, they're going to want to jump in there, too, like little street yard bullies, which the every alleged tough guy in this business is. Nothing more than a street yard bully. Uh, let him take his pick. He's at home. He's done some heavy lifting for the company. Give him a guy he's comfortable with, but then he's going to have to go out and fight. I mean, that's just the way it goes. Y- you don't take the thunder and ride off into the sunset, man. This isn't the movies. This is business. You pass that torch.
3: Yeah, and I agree with you. He's definitely earned the opportunity to, to, to make that decision, and while not take an easy fight, definitely pick the one that, that he likes most. Um, but you mentioned Robert Whitaker there. Do you think the GSP is going to defend that title against Whitaker, or do you think he's going to drop down to 170?
2: I
1: think he is. I think they will fight Robert Whittaker. Um, I know that's done verbally on both sides uh, with no agreement on date, but that was part of the contingency for George to take the Bisping fight. Should you win, you take Whittaker. He said yes. Uh, I know things change in this business, but I, I accept George to be a man of his word, and I expect him to be at all times. Uh, and I know Whittaker would take the fight, and Dana White said it's happening. So I, I, think, I think for me to say anything different would be uh, a, a little bit reckless, but... You know, let's see what happens there. Don't forget, uh, the, the bigger statement here is that George will fight again, and that seems to be the narrative going around, it, and, and it has landed on Whitaker's lap. But the bigger statement is George will fight again, If there's something that the office decides Uh, you know, in conjunction with George would be a bigger fight and make more sense to do, then there could be a dialogue there. But that's a little bit of a tough spot. You know, the politics are a bit against them. The PR is a little bit against them. They didn't want to log these divisions, and it it continually happens. They don't love doing interim championships any more than we want to see interim championships, but it's part of it, and it, it, it comes along. And when you've got a healthy interim champion and you've got a healthy champion, you got to put them together. That's just what the rules of the sport say. So let's see what happens. So if something really big came about, you know, if all of a sudden you could get a Connor and a GSP in there, I think we all have to have an open mind to it.
3: Right, 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 especially considering financial obligations for the UFC at this point. You know, who knows? But I would agree with you that the rightful thing to do would be GSP versus Whitaker. Um, so moving on here, I also wanted to discuss some of the comments you've made about uh, Colby Covington. Um, with Colby specifically, you know, he's a good friend of the show. I've certainly enjoyed, uh, watching, you know, watching him play this heel role, like nobody else in the business right now in particular. Um, you know, many have likened Colby to you, myself included. Uh, when you look at the similarities to what you guys have been able to do and what he's doing now, is there anything that you'd suggest he do, he do differently at this point?
1: No, man. I think people can learn from Colby. You know, he's, he's going to be in that pool by himself. Because uh, all these crybabies can't stand to hear anybody boo him. Uh, he's just being himself, and it's what all fighters should do. You know, we we'll, we'll see these fighters come out. and They, they want to act like you know some religious angle, or like they're the world's nicest guy when they're nothing more than a dirty, rotten cage fighter and it's off-putting to the crowd you know be whoever you are if you're a funny guy be the funny guy if you're the smart ass be the smart but just be who you are don't try to fool any of us and colby's not this is who he is i've known him since he's 11 years old he's not working an angle here this isn't some act he's just sick of staying quiet he he, he's tired of it he he feels like he's been overlooked man i know that feeling And, and i'll remind you one minute ago, you were talking about George St. Pierre, the most decorated, biggest draw in the history of the business, and now you're talking about Kobe Covington. Kobe Covington and you know, your show just ended up on the same page as George St. Pierre.
2: Right, So they're right, doing right.
1: something right. The guy is doing something right. And if he's hurting a bunch of people's feelings, well, F them anyway, man. Well, who, whose feelings do you care about? These crybaby fighters are apparently these crybaby fans.
3: You know what, man? I <laughs> Not only do I agree with you 100%, but every time I have him on the show, I'm always – you know, I know that there's a ton of backlash but I'm always encouraging him because it's like man you are doing something that nobody else is doing I mean you obviously chill you wrote the playbook on this for mixed martial arts but uh, he's doing what he needs to do to get the opportunities that he wants and so far it's been paying off for him and I think and a lot bonus of bonus
1: material for us I mean Kobe's gonna fight three times a year which gives us the opportunity to be entertained by him for 45 minutes a year and this guy's found a way to keep us entertained <laughs>
2: Right, 15 right. hours
1: a day, seven days a week. I mean, how about a little thank you to him? We don't even have to pay for that. i got to pay for his fights three times a year. But, but you know, the other 362 days he's given to us for nothing. How about a little thank you throw Colby's way every now and then?
3: <laughs> Absolutely. I thank him every time he comes on because every time it is just fire, absolute fire. The guy is very hot on the mic, does not waste an opportunity. Uh, but I think one of the most important parts to what both you guys have been able to do is heals is to be un- unapologetic. Uh, you know, as soon as you backtrack, that gimmick starts to lose value. I'm sure you'd agree with that.
1: Oh, 100%. I was so worried, too. I was so worried he was going to do it after the Maya fight, that he was going to come out and say he was sorry. And <laughs> he came out and said, I'm sorry. <laughs> Remember, let me remind you, for any fans that don't know what we're talking about, it was only a month ago, but we got a lot of new fans. He called Brazil a bunch of filthy animals. In Brazil, he calls them a bunch of filthy animals. He apologizes in writing the next day. I think it was a Facebook post, but somewhere in writing, he apologized to any filthy animal he may have insulted. <laughs> and then he signs Colby it, Colby Covington. I mean, it was brilliant. It really was brilliant. And I also thought it was a major wink to the crowd. I thought it was a major way of saying, look, this is, this is the direction I'm going in, so come along for the ride, okay? You saw the ride. You bought a ticket anyway. You know, don't act surprised when we went in a big circle. And I just thought it was a lot of fun. I thought it was brilliant. And, uh yeah, you know, the guy's a smart guy. He's a lot smarter than people know he is. He knows what he's doing. And he's being himself. That's the other part of it. What the hell's wrong with the guy being an entertainer? The guy's an entertainer.
3: Yeah, I, I agree. And the formal apology... Absolutely hysterical. I mean, I had been texting him that night. It was night. funny,
1: right? Thank yeah. you for saying that. There's nothing insensitive about it. it. Was funny. And how about Dana's response? Dana came out and goes, "Yeah, I know the Brazilian people. They're they're tough enough to have somebody trying to hurt their feelings." It's like, thank you. The end.
2: There's right. nothing
1: more to say here. That's just the truth. That's what we always get from Dana. Every time Dana finally speaks, he can he can put a bow on. I mean, people are going in circles about this thing. Dana put a bow on it in two sentences, and everybody just had to sit there and go, "Yeah." Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's a fight business. People try to hurt each other's feelings. Yeah, okay, let's move on. It was brilliant. It was brilliant by everybody.
3: I I couldn't agree more, man. And I was texting him that night. I was like, hey, amazing performance, even better job on the mic, but, man, I hope you get out of there safe. And he was like, yeah, I sure as hell do too. So um, awesome stuff from him. But when we had Kobe on the show weeks ago, you know, I believe it was the week of the Maya fight after he'd won, I said to Kobe that, he is, to Tyrone Woodley, what you were to Anderson Silva. I was, I'm wondering, do you think that Woodley realizes and understands that Colby could potentially help him get back into the good graces of the fans?
1: No, I, no, I don't think Tyrone's there yet. But, you know, Tyrone's approach wasn't a lot different than Colby's. Now, I mean, he had a different, different angle, that's true. But Tyrone Woodley put his finger in the chest of anybody that got was in front of him, including his own teammate which has never happened before, fought his own teammate for a title, which had never happened before, knocked his own teammate out and took his belt, never once said he was sorry. Tyron Woodley would not let anybody stop him from getting to his goals either. Now, now just because Colby's got a little different approach, it's the same thing. It's, it's two guys... understand this is competition they're wrestlers they got a wrestler's mentality you take on anybody that shows up with absolutely no apologies and no exception whether he's your friend your teammate your roommate doesn't make any difference if he shows up that day in your way you guys battle and you shake hands when it does. that's a wrestler's mentality these guys are fighting don't have it but these guys are both wrestlers they both get it that's the way it is so you know colby's not going to miss those opportunities either tyron woodley at one point uh, and now this is against his all meant as a compliment to Tyrant, but the history is still the history. He was two and one in the UFC when he was calling for a title shot. He then lost. He was two and two and called for a title shot. He then won. He was three and two. And they were going to give him a title fight. When they gave it to him, I'd have to go back and look, but his record wasn't any better than 4-2 and two in his last six when he fought for the title, won it, and then went on to defend it. He was the rightful guy, but I mean, you can't go off of records or rankings or anything else. You have to go off who wants to see it, who wants it the most, who says yes when the promoter calls. And I, I mean, I can just tell you I'll speak for Colby right now. I've known him since he's eleven. If he breaks his hand, he breaks his foot and they call him, he's going to say yes, and he's not going to complain, he's not going to make excuses, and he's going to walk out there,
3: and he's going to have a hell
1: of a hell of a time when he's locked in there with Tyron Woodley
3: That's the other <laughs> part of it,
1: but again, I mean that's the business that we're in. so what? He's had a hell of a time before, so what that's the match we want to see I think I want to see, it. I think that's the one you want to see
3: absolutely. Absolutely. I'm not in for
1: anybody getting, you know, cut in front of. I like the rankings and I like the follow order and I like the right guys to get opportunity, but but Wonder Boy is is clearly the number one contender, but he's had the shot twice. He's not getting it a third time. History says the only time you go to a third fight is if you split the first two. So it defaults to Colby. It's Colby's fight. Yeah. Let's just sign the damn
3: thing. Absolutely. And you know, RDA with Lawler, who knows how that's gonna play out. Uh one of those guys, you know, they could get badly injured in that fight and, and be sidelined a while. Kobe is definitely the guy at this point. I could not agree with you more. Uh, but speaking of Woodley, what do you think of this talk with uh, all the stuff that was going back and forth with him and Nate Diaz and the possibility of that fight happening, Nate moving up, and then you know, leapfrogging the entire division? What do you think was going on there? Was there any merit to that, or was that just, or was that just smoke?
1: You know, I believed it. I, I really thought that it w- was probably going to be a real thing. It's very, very rare that a champion calls somebody out. We, we're seeing it more and more, but it's still in the category of not only rare, but very rare. And when a champion does, then the fight happens. I mean, that's the that's the one sign of approval that you sit and wish you could get, is that the champion calls me out, but it just doesn't happen. You know, we just saw Cormier call, called the guy out, and the guy got the fight. And uh, he's a very tough guy, and I follow this sport closely. His now, last name's hard to pronounce, and I don't know what his first name is. And I don't mean <laughs> any of that condescending. I don't mean it condescending at all. That's my fault. I O's should there? know. Maybe I I should <laughs> know what his name, is. but I just don't. And I'm saying, but but he got the blessing. He got the champ to call him out. So in this case, Tyron Woodley has called out Nate Diaz in some of the biggest media platforms you can get, including twice on TMZ, which is some eyeballs are going to see that. Uh I mean, if come on, Nate. Let's not ask for fifteen million, man. Let's ask for a contract and get over to a fax machine. Let's just do that. Go take a world title fight. Come on.
3: So you think he's being a little ridiculous and playing this hardball with the company at this point?
1: Well, I just don't want him to miss the opportunity. I, I you know, he 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 and his brother they they've got their own style and their own shtick and their own their own approach to things. Uh You know, go ahead and ask, but just don't ask for too long. December 30th is right around the corner. We don't have time to play games here. That clock is ticking.
2: Uh, And those
1: opportunities don't come along. And so that's all I'm saying. I I, I want Nate Diaz to get that fight. I love watching Nate Diaz compete. Uh, I don't really give a damn who the opponent is. Uh, Tyron wants the fight. I don't know of a fight that Tyron's wanted in a while. He was even on Woodley's, like, really? Yeah uh wonder boy is really wonder boy again i was kind of with tyrant on that you know it's a weird fight you got through the first one let's just move on maya he's like ah Maya, really how am i supposed to go out and look good um but he went out and did it now all of a sudden we're seeing Tyrant woodley with a fight that he actually wants come on
3: nate
1: right well fans want you to have this man and i i think nate's a very good friend of mine I, i don't want to share anything privileged with you but I really think Nate wants this fight too. I think he wants this opportunity. I just don't know if he understands the clock is ticking and they've got to go to marketing, they got to go to press. They got to ink this thing fast. Don't miss your shot.
3: Absolutely. And not to mention, Lord knows you don't want uh you don't want less time than 4 weeks to prepare for a guy like Tyron Woodley either. So, um... That's exactly right. For sure. Uh, I, just to move back to Kobe here for a moment, I've only got a few more questions here for you. You've been more than generous with your time as Stay always. Stay
1: on it, man. He's my favorite topic. Stay on <laughs> it. <laughs> um,
3: I know you said that, that what Verdum did was a scumbag move, and uh, you had a very interesting explanation uh, of the UFC forcing athletes to press charges from from a corporate standpoint. But do you think Kobe loses any credibility with, with charges filed if they do get filed?
1: No, I, I don't think he does in the least, and I didn't like Verdun's explanation either. So Verdun comes out and he he says, "Hey, we're both fighters, man. We got a code amongst men. So what? Something broke off between us. We we don't press charges on one another." That that was his argument. That argument's not terrible. There is a code amongst the boys, and things do get a little heated, but you leave it amongst the boys. However, he wants to talk about honor. He threw a foreign object at him. We're in the most wide open and reckless and dangerous sport there is. For years, people called it barbaric, and then somehow that narrative changed. I don't know how it changed. If fighting a man in a steel cage for the applause of a drunken audience and a paycheck isn't barbaric, then I don't know what is. I just don't give a goddamn that it is. And with as limited as rules as we have, your three weight classes separated from him. You've got a bunch of buddies with you. You approach him when he's not ready, and as though that's not cowardly enough, you throw a Foreign object. You throw a weapon at him and you hit him in the face. I mean, it was it was outlandish that he tried to say, "Hey, man, honor amongst the boys." What honor?
2: You you
1: threw honor out when you approached him on the street without a weigh-in or a commission or a referee. You threw honor out when you showed up with friends. You're prepared and he's not, and you you broke the law when you attacked him with a foreign object. I'm a gangster and I would not hit anybody with a foreign object because I don't need to.
3: (laughs) I gotta tell you, man, when all this news broke. Only in mixed martial arts would something as crazy as a guy throwing a boomerang at another guy. Only in this sport would that happen. I thought that was absolutely insane. Um, but Verdum- Well, Kobe,
1: sh- Kobe shouldn't have let it slide. You, Ferguson shouldn't have let it slide. He should have ankle-picked him like he threatened to do. Uh, Verdum's a, a rough son of a bitch. But that just adds to the point why he shouldn't behave like that. Okay, Verdum can be a very intimidating guy inside the ring clicking a paycheck for a quarter million dollars. With guys his own size, he's going to go up to a 55-pounder, he's going to go up to a 70-pounder with friends when they're not prepared, and he's got to bring a weapon that he wants to complain that the code was broken?
2: No, man. Right. Verdum, you you broke the code.
3: Now, now, there's could have been something lost in translation here, but Verdum had also said that Colby walked by himself and Rafael Cordero and called them filthy animals. Do you think that there's any truth to that? I find it really hard to believe no, that Colby would do something so stupid.
1: That is just an outlandish lie. You know, he, he added to the lie. And Verdum's not a good liar. He's not a good liar at all. His, his demeanor changes. His face changes. He's a terrible liar. <laughs> so not only did he say that he called them filthy animals, which I'm not – no. The answer is no, that did not happen. Uh, he just said – he said Colby kicked him.
2: <laughs> he just
1: walked up to you. You were the whole bunch of buddies. You're the heavyweight former heavyweight champion of the world. Some dude trying to get his come walks
3: past you, calls you names, and then kicks you. Come on, man. <laughs> like, and then and then he made on. it a and then he made it a point to say, I blocked the kick.
1: Yeah, I blocked the kick. <laughs> you know, it's no big deal. I don't mind. He kicked me back. I say what's that? Yeah, it's like Purdue. None of those things happen. <laughs> you, you you were a total scumbag in this. You you, you approached a guy, you know, as soon as you saw him backing up because he's doing the math and going, okay, one, two, three of you, one of me, streets, no referee. You throw a weapon at him? Like, come on, man.
3: Yeah. No, I, I agree with you. And there's
1: you. still a way to handle it. Hey, Colby, I screwed up, and I'm sorry. Would you please drop those charges? I won't do it again. Yeah, okay, we're good here. That, that would have worked. Again, I've known this guy since he was 11. That right there would have worked. Coming out in line, trying to trying to make it like like Colby – is saying stuff, you know, privately? No, he would never do that privately. It's All, all for entertainment. Secondly, that he assault, that he kicked it. Come on, Colby <laughs> Covington. <call> <laughs> Listen, I love the way the guy fights, but he's not Mister Kicker. Okay, he's not going to like his fifth best thing right out of the gate against the heavyweight champion if he said he blasted me with a double and threw me over a car hood and none of you saw that, i go, oh, okay, that sounds like the
2: Colby. I know, he threw a kick, really. <laughs>
1: seen him in the octagon six times, never seen him throw one, but he threw one on you in the streets of Australia, you lying prick. No, <laughs> right. it didn't happen. Not to
3: mention that a wrestler is highly unlikely to extinctually do something like that in a situation of violence, you know, coming so quickly. Yeah, sure, okay. he threw a kick like a Dutch kickboxer. That's what happened.
1: Right. With no setup. Not like, oh, yeah, he bobbed to the left, he threw a hook over here, then he countered it with the kick. Just
2: he walked up and kicked. Oh, really? <laughs> he did,
3: huh? Oh, uh, reminds me of, like, a little kid kicking somebody in the shin. That's what I imagine when he says that. Oh, absolutely hilarious. <laughs> all right. So, Jill, as always, we greatly appreciate the time, man. Um, In conclusion, I guess let's get back to Bellator. Tell all the fans what we should expect in this fight with Rampage, and uh, do you think, realistically, that you will be crowned the heavyweight champion in 2018
1: all right I, I didn't want to do this but since you forced it out of me spoiler alert shale wins kaboom
3: kaboom what a great conversation with the american gangster chael p son and that guy really put some stuff into perspective for all of us um you know i like to think of myself as uh you know, being a guy that has followed the sport for, God, 15-plus years. <sighs> Maybe even... Yeah, 15-plus. Anyway, I'd like to think I know what I'm talking about from time to time. <laughs> but when you hear a guy with the analyst perspective, the fighter perspective, the promoter perspective, all of those things, um, very enlightening. Not only for you guys, the listeners fans but even media like myself included Uh, amazing conversation with him as always cannot say enough about the guy greatly appreciate him taking the time to to come on the show and speak with us Um, sounds like he enjoys, enjoys the conversations as well Bisping, Gastelum the Bellator Heavyweight Tournament all this stuff with Colby Covington you heard it all we picked his brain Almost 40 minutes there. And again, big thank you to Chael P. Sonnen for coming on the show. Uh, wish him the best with the, with the baby on the way. And of course, with this opening round fight against Rampage Jackson. So that's going to be it for tonight, folks. The fighter's voice, the voice of you guys, the fans, BJPenn.com Radio. Big shout out to the whole team. Tom, Chris, Russell, Justin, Adam, Scott. Don't think I'm forgetting anybody. Anyway, big shout out to the whole squad. Team Penn, we are strong, folks. Make sure you stay tuned. Lots more exclusive content on the way. Breaking news, viral videos, everything you need to know. All the stuff that you crave from the sport of mixed martial arts that we all love. BJPenn.com forward slash MMA news. We have got you covered, guys. Big thank you to both our guests, Hot Chocolate, Danny Roberts, of course, Chael Sonnen. We'll be back next week with another great show, more great guests, awesome conversations. BJPenn.com radio. I'm your host, Kinch, signing off for yet another evening. Catch us next Wednesday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. Make sure you guys follow, follow uh, BJPenn.com. Twitter, Google+, Instagram, Facebook. Bookmark the site. Stay up to date. We love you guys. Thank you very much, Penn Nation. Mahalo to all of you. Tune in next week for another great show. Peace out, everybody.